guys this is dave heilman aka dynasty dorks this is the sgpn fantasy football podcast on the sports gambling podcast network brought to you by the sgpn free roll football contest join our free season long pick them for a chance to win three thousand dollars in a super bowl autographed sgp helmet sign up link today at the sgpn app also brought to you by the game by the game time app snag the tickets without the stress use promo code sgpn for your first purchase to save twenty dollars download the game time app and use promo code sgpn we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy Play underdog fantasy pick them in college or NFL and win up to 20 times in one game. Use promo code SGPN at underdog fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And don't forget our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bets, bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on any NFL game. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. So that's actually not me in the video. That's uh, somebody else. Uh, my <laughs> wife said, I got, I got a haircut. My wife said, I look five years younger. Um, so uh, we're here. It is it is football eve. It is the eve before kickoff. And we got a lot of stuff. So if you have start, sit questions, anything fantasy football, let us know. We're here to talk fantasy football. And of course, hit that, button. Hit that subscriber button. So Brad, we got some news. Jamie, my dog, always in here. Um, make sure that make sure you give Jamie a follow if you're out there. And uh, Jamie, I'm gonna let Casey know that she's got to interview you. So, um, as far as the news, we had a lot. I mean, so Jake Hayner, he got a PED suspended. You know, PED is gonna be suspended. Not huge news for fantasy football, but you know, he was decent draft capital guy. He's he's out for six games. Then you have uh, Nick Bosa, huge contract, more IDP news than anything. Brian Burns decided he's not going to go play football this week. He's in a contract dispute. Interesting. They were going, they had, they had two first round picks plus offered to them by the Rams. They turned it down. Brian Burns isn't playing this week. That's big news for the Atlanta Falcons who play the Carolina Panthers. And then big news Chris Jones is not playing this week. He was actually delivering hamburgers at Ronald McDonald House today. Not, not get, I got all the nuggets. Um, I saw a video of him with uh, handing out burgers at the Ronald McDonald House, which shout out to him for doing that. But yep. he's not playing football. So Chiefs fans don't like that. That's definitely got a big impact on, you know, when the Detroit Lions offensive line is as good as it is. Not having Chris Jones is massive. And then uh, Travis Kelsey, everybody's heart stopped when they saw Travis Kelsey's news. So, Brad, oh, and then Cooper Cup, he's uh, been in Minnesota for a week seeing a specialist about, uh, you know. He's injury. out. He's right? out now. Yeah, he's yeah. out. He's ruled out for week one. So, it was day-to-day, and then he's going to see a specialist, and he's been there for like a week. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah, we got some other nonsense with Chandler Jones too, right? You talked about Chris Jones, Chandler Jones. Very unhappy with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then McDaniels comes out and says, oh, he's away for a private match. 
Come on, man. Let's not be. What kind of smoke screen are you trying to throw here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm no, no, thank you. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, Brad, take off the brown and orange sunglasses for this one. You can't taking do Dan it, Jefferson or Elijah Moore? I can't do it. Elijah Moore. And I think it's because of the last sentence, Jamie, that you wrote in there. I think it's going to be a shootout between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, which is going to lead to Deshaun Watson throwing the ball a ton. I think they're going to want to make sure that Elijah Moore gets started off on the right foot. Right? You go into this game and you give Elijah Moore two or three targets. Are you going to get the same treatment, which has kind of been my red flag with him, that he gave the Jets because he was unhappy about his target share and his utilization there? So I think they come out trying to feed him a little bit, making sure that he gets a healthy dose of Deshaun Watson. So I'm rolling with Elijah Moore. Yeah, I'm also rolling with Elijah Moore. Um, I, I do think Van Jefferson is in play. So I don't think he's For someone sure. that. Um, I think you go with Elijah Moore, higher scoring game, higher scoring offense. And so, Brad, I want you and Jamie, I want your t- take on my take for the Nick Chubb situation. So someone someone said Nick Chubb, number one RB. And I said, I think he's going to be really good, but I don't know about RB1 just because all of the RB1s in the last seven or eight years have gotten 70 or 80 receptions. Only one guy got 40 receptions, and that was Jonathan Taylor who was amazing on the ground, and Nick Chubb could do that. But other than that, everyone else had at least 73, 75, sometimes 110, 115 receptions for guys that get the overall RB1. It doesn't mean it can't be RB2, 3, 4, 5. But my thoughts are, are this. He's not going to just consume the Kareem Hunt role. They've used, they're going to use Pierre Strong and, and Jerome Ford as somewhat, you know, somewhat in that role. But I think this tells us the Browns are looking to be a different kind of offense. They're looking to pass the ball more. They're not, they're not investing high, high salary cap on a second running back. They invested their second round pick and their third round pick on receivers. And so I think they're going to pass the ball more. Doesn't mean Nick Chubb is not going to get 20 carries a game. But I just I think that some people are expecting him to just absorb Kareem Hunt's workload. And I just I don't see that. Yeah, so I I would tend to agree. I think he's a top five guy based on volume alone, but getting to that number one is going to be tough. His career high in receptions is or targets is 49. Now, I do think he bests that this year because, look, they let Kareem Hunt go. They they released Demetric Felton. They brought in a Pierre Strong who I'm not buying is taking literally any snaps away from Nick Chubb. They're not taking Nick Chubb off the field to put a seventh round traded Pierre Strong uh, into the lineup. That's just not happening. However, comma, the thing that people don't necessarily think about is the, the quarterback. The quarterback historically has not checked the ball down to the running back position. It's not really what Deshaun Watson does. So I think that in itself is going to limit the fact that, oh man, Jamie, I swear I was saying that before I saw your note up here. Severely limit his 70 to 80 target upside that you kind of need to have for that number one overall running back position. But he leading the league in rushing, 
I think that's plausible. Leading the league in rushing touchdowns, I think that's plausible. Now, I just don't think that's going to be enough to get him to that number one overall. You're muted, bud. We want to talk about Cooper Cup and Travis Kelsey. So, you know, we have Cooper Cup's injury. Um, so he's out this week already. Um, hamstring injury. He's coming off an ACL. He's a little bit older. He's had some injuries in the past. And so um, I was telling people, like, probably fourth, fifth round would be, like, the highest I'd take him in redraft. But I remember trading him last year, and it felt kind of ugly. But trading him away, and I feel a lot better right now about it. And then Travis Kelsey is a guy that he's – people are shaking in their boots right now because you were riding high, and this is the best, you know, best tight end. And then all of a sudden the reality hit about about him. So are you seeing any trades out there, Brad, or what are your thoughts right now? Obviously everyone that has Travis Kelsey is holding him. You're not going to go – you never sell when there's blood in the water. But what are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, if you've held on to Travis Kelsey up until age 33, what, like, why are you trying to move him at this point? Like, I think you hold him, uh, you roll with it, because like you said, you're going to try to sell him right now, and you're not going to get the value that you could have two or three weeks ago uh, before this injury came up, so you might as well hold. I think you look at this, you can see a ton of information around why you move guys earlier than, uh, you know, what you really want to, right? Do you want to move Travis Kelsey when he's destroying the competition? Do you want to move Cooper Cup when he's destroying the competition? No, but from a dynasty perspective, you really should probably evaluate it very much like I evaluate all of my lineups in DraftKings. And hey, the NFL season has finally arrived. And we are here with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is our official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they're giving you a can't miss offer for week one. This week, only new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet not one, not two, three, or four, but Five whole dollars on any game. That's right. $200 for a $5 bet. DraftKings is hooking up everybody with game day greatness. And all customers can take advantage of the two new offers every single game day this September. So make sure you check out that. Download now and use our promo code SGP to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting $5. Again, that's SG code SGP only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER and see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets do expire seven days after issuance. Look, it's that time of the season. You're trying to get tickets. Oh, do I want to go to a Pittsburgh game? It's right here, 30 minutes down the road. It's last minute, but can I make it happen? You got to check out game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your sports, music, comedy, and even theater that is going on near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're going to have at these 
games. Look, I've talked about it before. I love, I've got a group of guys that we go every year to a Browns game up on Lake, Lake Erie and enjoy ourselves. Last year, we splurged a little bit. And we said, you know what, let's get some front row tickets to that Baltimore Ravens-Cleveland Browns game in Cleveland. And I absolutely love that front row experience. We looked, those tickets are almost half the cost of what we paid last season if you check out GameTime.co. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, go to uh, the GameTime app and create an account and use our redemption code SGPN for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the age cliff. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions of what the age cliff is. And maybe it's just because me, as a a 37-year-old, I don't want to call a 32-year-old old. old. But in NFL and Dynasty, that's, that's how it is. And so for quarterbacks, Brad, what do you think the age cliff is? Ooh, for quarterbacks, I'm going to go age 32. I think a little older for quarterbacks, and I may be optimistic here uh, at 32. I'm going to say 32. So, And and this data is off of Dynasty Apex, um, some great articles and research on this. So 33 is actually the number, and and it's it's saying that, you know, at at age – 20 at that point it was age 27 is when players were peaking i think it's happening a lot younger now but with these running quarterbacks you're seeing injuries i do think that number is going to go down you know cam newton he might even be 33 right now he's been out of the league or out of at least relevance for the last three years um you know these running quarterbacks or these quarterbacks that do both they get more injuries and you know when you're having some of these major injuries especially the knees and things like that it's it's tough um, but 33. So when you look at some of the quarterbacks, like Tom Brady already out of the league, you have Aaron Rodgers is 38. Now, you know, now you have this window to sell that he's got this two year deal with the Jets. You have a window to sell. You can hold on to him and you can try to squeeze two more years out. Or you can do what you did with Matt Ryan and hold the bag or Ben Roethlisberger and hold the bag or Philip Rivers and hold the bag. And you're now at the last year tried to sell them when they got moved on to another team. You didn't get anything back. Um, Kirk Cousins, a little bit older. Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford are good examples of guys where the values just dried up. You could have traded Matthew Stafford two years ago for a boatload of picks. Ryan Tannehill, a couple years ago, we had back to back QB1 finishes. You could have traded him for something. Now, I, I can't even get a sniff on the trade block. I think I might be able to get a late third for him. So I might as well keep him. Um, you know, Derek Carr is a little older. He's 31. Russell Wilson's 34. Jimmy Garoppolo's 30. Um, so, like, those are guys that are in that, like, range. So as far as running backs, running backs, the 85% of top 12 running backs happen between the ages of 22 and 28. You do get your random Mark Ingram at 30 years old, scores 12 touchdowns, and gets in there. And you have to consider the usage. Guys like Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones, they don't get the same type of usage that Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott get. So guys like Ezekiel Elliott, we saw it coming. When you see things like force missed tackles, yards after contact, those kind of stats start to go down every year. 
Everyone always had an excuse for why it was happening, but it was three years in a row. Now his value is kaput. I, I love that you bring up Zeke because he's one that I took a look at. And, and we're talking about not just the age cliff, but what do you do with these players? So if you take a look at Zeke over the last four seasons, so in 2020, his overall ADP was number three, and he gave you the, a, a top 12, number 11 in half-point PPR leagues. Then you look at 2021, he dropped to number 15 overall and gave you a RB6 finish in half-point PPR. Then 2022, he dropped to, to Q, uh, overall number 52, gave you a 19 uh, uh, running back finish. And then in 2023, this offseason, he is uh, around 180 in overall ADP. So if you go and you kind of translate all of that, you want to know what the latest two trades for Ezekiel Elliott are right now? I'm going to go with a late third or an early fourth. How about $50 in fab? <laughs> How about uh, Kylan Granson and a third? What happened? If you just sold Zeke two years ago, you're getting much higher value for what? You lost an RB19 finish. And then what is going to be probably really bad this season with the New England Patriots, unless he manages the vulture 18 touchdowns like we had a LeGarrette Blunt a few years back for them. I like not really in the cards. So think to sell these guys a year or two early. And I got a couple more examples when we get to the wide receiver position. Yeah. And so, like this article I wrote last year. And so, guys that I had on it, um, I said, you know, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Kareem Hunt. These are guys that are already losing value. Oh, like Kareem it, Hunt is not even on a team. Dalvin yeah. Cook changed teams and is the backup. Like, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. So, huge. like, but like you have, yeah, like there, there still is some, some, you know, reason to keep Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. And, and there may be a reason to acquire them because of how cheap they might be because of the age. You know, a player is – the value of a player is what somebody in your league is willing to pay. Just because some trade chart, some dynasty price check, some guy named Dynasty Dork said you need to trade him for this, if somebody's willing to pay more, then that's the price. And so if you get an offer and you think it's an okay offer, it's totally fine to shop it. It's totally fine to be like, Brad – Hey, Maddie sent me an offer, a second round pick or two second round picks. I'm looking to move Austin Eckler, but I'm not going to do it for something like that. Are you willing to give me a first and a second? That's what I'm looking to get. And he says, no, but I'll give you a first and a third or a first and a you know, a future second. Then, you know, maybe we're talking, but I'm going to use those other. And I come back to Maddie say, hey, I got a first and a future second. Are you willing to, to up your offer or I'm going to take it? That's how you do business. Don't take yep. the first offer and and try to get as squeeze much out of it, um, but don't you know, don't be a jerk about it. Just make sure you're you're you know playing your cards right. But it's it's important to do that because if you you go and you you trade these guys and you get a little bit of value but not enough, you're only gonna have so many pieces to trade off, and that's not how you do it. So as far as as far as receivers. You know, receivers are a little inter- or a little more, you know, a little longer shelf life. 
between the ages of 23 and 30. So that's a very long prime. But you're looking at guys that are in the 28, 29 range that are getting there. And so like Debo Samuel is a little bit older. He's only been league four years. He's already 27, going to be 28 soon. Mari Cooper's getting there. Um, Keenan Allen's getting there. And the reason I, I mentioned those guys is they're still being drafted pretty highly. Um, maybe Keenan Allen a little lower, but Debo's pretty high in your dynasty leagues, and and you could you can move a little bit for him. Yep. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys like that. There's so many wide receivers that you can move those guys for a wide receiver in the same range that's a couple years younger all day, every day, because there are so many. What you can miss are those high-end top 10 guys, guys like the Cooper Cups of the world, guys like Michael Thomas a few years ago, right? And those were kind of the case studies I used for the wide receiver position. If we go back to Michael Thomas back in 2019, he was the number five overall dynasty selection. Same thing in 2020, the number five overall dynasty selection, right? 2019 was that huge season. 2020 coming off that huge season gets injured. Then 2021, he dropped to ADP of 54 overall. Then he dropped to 86 overall. Now he's 130th overall. You just see continuous decline. You used to be able to get in that 2019 season where there's literally no possible way that he could have finished any higher than number one overall wide receiver that you could get multiple first, two, maybe even three in the right circumstance. And guess what you're getting for Michael Thomas now? Because he got hurt in 2020 and you're like, oh, I can't sell him now. I got to hold until he comes back healthy. How about Richie James and a second? Does that make you feel good inside? How about, how about Damian Harris straight up for Michael Thomas? Thinking two years ago, I could have got multiple firsts for this guy had I moved on from him, and we chose not to. Cooper Cup, are we in for a very similar stretch with Cooper Cup where he was, uh, let's see, overall number nine in 2022, overall number 16 last year coming off of the injury, and now you can get him for pickings in a second. Okay. That's still, maybe Pickens is worth a first, so I'm getting a first and a second. Sell, sell, sell. Get him off your roster right now. He does no good for you right now, looking at a year or two years down the road. So making that move may be the right thing to do for your dynasty squad. Yeah, and and if you don't get the right offer, it's okay to, to hold, but as soon as you see that window, you have to take advantage of it. And so... I'm sure my buddy Mike Florio probably didn't like my quote tweet, but he said, Kadarius Tony's finally healthy. And I was like, that's a sell window. Please jump through it and take advantage before it is too late. Uh, but uh, before it is too late, I want to make sure I talk to you guys about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a long as, as a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy football team all season long with their fantasy pick em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats. Then do what you usually do, spending your Sundays watching the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. 
I, I just put an article out today. I mean, I, I love love doing it, especially these these island games, the Thursday night games, the Sunday night games. It makes it so much more interesting. You can you can go linebackers, you can go kickers, you can go ever everything, and they're giving you a free point five overall touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes tomorrow. And you can use it one time, but I'm going to use it. So you can watch your games, make a little cash at, on, on Underdog's mobile app or the website underdogfantasy.com. When you hit promo code, we use promo code SGPN. They'll double your first deposit up to $100. It's promo code SGPN. And then don't forget our Patreon, free season-long NFL picking contest, $1,000 for the first place prize, $500 for a second. If you're a Patreon member for the NFL season, your prizes double to $1,000 and $2,000. Plus, a Patreon member wins the free roll football, can win the, the free roll football that's autographed, full-size sports gambling podcast helmet, which includes guests like Joe Theismann, Bill Romanowski, Pac-Man Jones, John Sally, Eric Metcalf, and LeGarrette Blunt. Sign up now at the SGPN app, Sports Gambling Podcast, Backlash Patreon. Get your chance to win double your prizes and win weekly Patreon pickums. And check out my article. I got free 10 free picks for you tomorrow. Um, so with receivers, I said 20, it's a 23 to 30. And we're seeing earlier production from receivers. A lot of receivers are coming out more polished, and you're seeing it a little bit earlier. Um, your your tight ends, they start to decline between the age of 30 and 32. So Travis Kelsey is kind of the uh, Derrick Henry where he breaks he you know breaks the data, but he's an outlier. And you look at the other guys, 30 to 32. I on this article I put sell Zach Ertz. Uh, I think I nailed that one. Uh, said sell Logan Thomas. Yep. Darren Waller. I said sell him. We'll see if I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's fantastic this year. Fingers Darren, crossed because I spent some capital on him this year. Uh, Tyler Higby's he's getting up there. He's 29, he's 30 now. Moali Cox, Hayden Hurst. Some of these guys are not as, not as relevant. George Kittle's another one. And so if you can take a, a Darren Waller, or a George um, George Kittle and turn him into a Dallas Goddard or a um, Dalton Kincaid. That there's ways to get younger, but you are going to have to give up some some production year one in most scenarios. Sometimes a couple years, and that's the tough part. You know, if you're a competing team, it's hard to move on from some of these guys, especially at a position like tight end. There's not a lot of good young options. Receiver, there's a lot of good young options for running back. Sometimes there does appear to be good young options, but it doesn't like there's after Ken Walker, nobody's safe. I mean, there's nobody, yeah. nobody's safe. Yep. So, um, Brad, anything else on that? No. So the tight ends, uh, they might be the one exception for me, right? Once you get one, you might want to ride them until they're completely worthless. Like there's so few and far between for the truly elite ones that even Travis Kelsey after this season, let's say it's injury riddled, you could still probably move him for like a Dallas Goddard or, um, you know, maybe not Dalton Kincaid because there's probably a ton of hype, but it, it really is a, an opportunity to just ride that tight end wave until the wheels fall off. And because it's such a rare position for that caliber of player, you could probably still get a crap ton of value out of them to at least turn it into something on your dynasty squad. So they might be the one that I'd say, maybe you don't sell a couple years early for that position. 
It's it's tough. It's tough. So I think Andrews is at least three years. I think yeah. Waller's thirty and Andrews is twenty seven. That's what I put. Yeah. 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 I believe it's twenty seven and thirty. So um, here's my picks. And so if you're listening to the show, you get my picks. So the first one, Patrick Mahomes, over 0.5 total touchdowns. Yeah, I'm taking that. Uh, I put that as a bonus. I got Jared Goff under 35.5 passing attempts. So I originally was going back and forth with this, but here's my rationale. No Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a little bit more of of a slower game. No Chris Jones so that the, they can run the ball a little bit more. He eclipsed this mark nine times last year, which is, you know, essentially half the time. But the Lions were also the worst pass defense in the entire NFL last year by a lot, every major category. So what did they do this year? They spent a lot of, of resources on fixing the secondary. They have an entire new secondary. They also picked up some linebackers. It's a much improved team. And we're talking just two or three attempts less. If you look at it, he hit 37 multiple times. So I'm going to go with under, because I think it's a little bit more low scoring now that we have Travis Kelsey out. And I do think they try to lean on that running game a little bit with Chris Jones out, keep Patrick Mahomes on ice on the sideline. David Montgomery, 0.5 total touchdowns, not just rushing, total touchdowns. I'm taking the over. It's a great offensive line. It's a 50-point spread. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take uh, David Montgomery over on the touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown, they moved this number up, so if you took it earlier in the week, you got a much better deal. I think it was at six. Now it's seven. I'm going to go over, and the reason I'm going over is no Jamison Williams. I don't think Marvin Jones, Khalif Raymond, and Josh Reynolds are going to take too much off of his plate. I think Jameer Gibbs gets involved. Sam Laporta might get a couple. But I think he gets 10 to 12 targets. They don't have a premier corner. There's no Sauce Gardner. There's no, you know, there's no elite corner over there. I think he's going to get 10 to 12 targets, hauls in eight or nine of them, and you get your plus seven. My next is Jameer Gibbs. And I put 11.65 fantasy points. I always tell everybody, check your settings. Any game you play, no matter what it is, no matter what book it is, no matter what, check your settings. Four-point passing touchdowns for uh, underdog, 0.5 PPR. And so with 0.5 PPR, I went with the fantasy points instead of the yards for receiving, yards for rushing, just because I don't know exactly how they're going to use him but I do think he can easily get 11 and a half points. It's 11.65. Uh, this is for the IDP guys. I put CJ Gardner Johnson with over three tackles. I just think he's going to be able to do that. He's, he's going to be a big player on, he's going to play a lot of snaps over there. Three tackles is pretty easy. And I got Patrick Mahomes over 24 and a half completions. I think you see a whole lot of Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield, catching the ball with Travis Kelsey out. I think you see a lot of you know a lot of Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony in the underneath routes. I don't. They're not going to be able to to do some some of the things that they like to do. Chiefs are horrible against pass catching running backs. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm going to go with Patrick Holmes over 24 and a half completions. I don't think he throws the ball as deep, but he's going to do a lot of underneath underneath stuff, shorter, higher completion percentage. 
Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals. Yeah, that's I think he gets that by halftime. Um, Jerick McKinnon over 25 and a half receiving yards. Like I said earlier, I think he can get that. Isaiah Pacheco, he, it's uh, over or under 10 and a half receiving yards. So I got a I got a question about the Jarek McKinnon thing. So with the Travis Kelsey up in the air, kind of unsure what's going on. If he misses the game, do you believe that the bigger benefactor is Jarek McKinnon, or do you believe it's Sky Moore? Like where? Because because to me, I'm leaning towards Sky Moore more than I am, uh, you know, more targets and more opportunity for Jarek McKinnon. There's a high correlation to running back and tight end targets. If you find any team that has a high volume tight end, they don't throw the ball to the running back and vice versa. Um, and I, I, with this. What's the your, other position that sees that correlation though? Slot. Well, what you're, what you're going to oh. get is this team didn't find this injury out the other day. They found out after the game plan's been installed, after everything is, I don't think Sky Moore's role changes. He might benefit, but I think the biggest benefactor is Jarek McKinnon, who might have had a very small role and now has a much bigger role. And Kadarius Tony's there as well. I don't disagree that Sky Moore gets a little bump, but I don't think Sky Moore is going to be super heavily involved. Um, and I actually have the under on his 60, I think it's uh, – 46 and a half. Let me see. 46 and a half. Yep. So I have Sky Moore under 46 and a half. Mm. He hit that one time in 18 games last year. I'm um, smashing that over right now. And so I, I, I need to see it. I need to see it. Interesting. And so um, I get it that what you're saying is they operate in similar, um, similar spaces. Um, I think Sky Moore will get those middle of the field targets and McKinnon gets more out, out wide. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're both going to benefit. Um, I almost took the under on MVS, 40 and a half. Um, yeah. I want to put some unders on there. It's always like you want to go over, over, it's over. It's so hard to do unders sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wanted hard. to get I wanted to get an under in there. And just like I said, Sky Moore, he's only done it one time. And in the playoffs last year, I know Kelsey was playing. But in the playoffs last year, he had five catches for um i think like 18 yards in three games it's just <laughs> you know he just has not been a, like a yards after the catch guy like we thought and he doesn't have um he doesn't he doesn't get the ball down the field enough so he maybe he gets a couple more catches but i just don't know i just i just i think i think uh i i like mckinnon as far as like a bigger bump Especially yeah, he's 20. just been that guy that we've consistently heard from every beat reporter out of Kansas City right now. Um, he's the top of the depth chart right now. They drafted him very high, uh, you know, as a second round rookie wide receiver. We knew he was kind of raw coming out. Um, so it's it's interesting, it's interesting to see the difference because I I definitely lean towards that. Hey, Travis Kelsey not being able to operate in the middle of the field the benefactor of that's going to be the slot run in those middle of the field routes. Maybe not as meant, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes dumps it off instead of taking that shot in the middle. Who who knows? But um, I'm, I'm liking, I've got, maybe I got a little bit of sky more love. I, I don't know, man. And I, and I don't dislike sky more. Um, it's just, you put him against McKinnon who I, 
I really, yeah. I, I feel strongly about that. Plus, at twenty five, yeah, you like those five games that he had last year, huh? You like those five or six games he had last year. You you like to pick on those guys, but he's he's been relevant before. He has, he has in, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Scott McKinnon McKinnon is always going to be on the field because he is the best pass block pass blocking running back in the league, yeah. even though he's not much bigger than Devon Aching. Um, he is a little heavier though. He's about 15 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, what, what do you got for the next segment? Uh, we're going to talk some trade targets. So, um, this is the segment we're going to talk from week to week, right? We want to kind of cover, okay, Hey, here's some low hanging fruit. Uh, we're going to cover the trade target article, uh, that I'll be writing every week or running back snap share article, uh, that I'll be writing every week. So that that'll kind of drive our trade targets a little bit. Dave, I know you're massively writing in the dynasty space as well. So we'll be talking your articles that drive us into some of these trade targets. Uh, But I think one of the ones that we really need to evaluate right now is a guy that you really, really love. And I want to know what you think the expectations are for him before we start talking the price that he brings or what he's dragging. And that is Chris Alave, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. A ton of hype around him. A healthy Michael, healthy-ish Michael Thomas. A new quarterback in Derek Carr. A completely new running back room for the next three weeks at least. So what are your expectations for Chris Alave? I think he's going to be great this year. Um, I, I do understand the people that want to sell high. They say he's already like dynasty wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight. I'm going to sell him high. They don't envision him as a one. And so, I mean, you could have said the same thing about Stefan Diggs a few years ago. Um, a lot of people didn't see him as a one because of his size. I think Olave is, is he had a very good rookie year for, you know, historical, like based on historical data, way above the mean. And uh, he is a guy that you could possibly use if you want to use to somebody like to catapult into the top and get one of those premier guys. If you want to get CeeDee Lamb, you can use Olave as a piece to get CeeDee Lamb. Maybe Drake London and Chris Olave to go get CeeDee Lamb and something else. Wasn't that the trade Maddie sent us earlier? It was, yeah. Um, but I, I do like Olave. I don't think that Derek Carr is a massive upgrade, but I do think he is an upgrade specifically in the deep ball passing. You're going to see more air yards. You're going to see deeper targets. And Derek Carr is a pretty accurate deep ball passer. And then I think having uh, Michael Thomas and having Kamara back doesn't hurt him at all because he's not, you know, he's not the only focal point on the defense. Yeah, it's it's interesting because while I agree with a lot of what you say, uh, I do really wonder if the yeah, Siri, neither do I. Uh, I'm not sure I'm willing to pass up the price that I can get out of him right now. So Chris Olave and two or two 2024 first round picks. Olave. Okay. Chris Olave and Zay Flowers or Jamar Chase. Mm, mm, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's I'm taking Chase, but that's the kind of move that you can make. And I'm okay with either side, but I, I would prefer the Chase side. 
Chris Olave or Jameer Gibbs? Oof, oof, oof. I'm going to... He's bringing some heat right now. Like, yeah, do like, we I'll, really think that Chris Olave is going to bring much more heat than this? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is this is why you would... Like you could easily you can make you can make an argument to draft him as your wide receiver one, um, and and redraft and a dynasty, um, but yeah, I, I that Gibbs one is tough. I think depending on where my team was at, um, but yeah, I, I like both. Um, so it just depends on my team. Yep. I, so Jamie says on the screen here, Olave was better than Garrett Wilson in a points per game per- perspective. I agree. I actually liked Chris Olave as silly as it seems even right now liked Chris Olave more than I liked Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and, and, and to, to Jamie's point, I don't know where those firsts are, but I'm assuming if somebody paid 224 firsts for Chris Olave, they're probably late firsts. If one of them is early or both of them are early, that changes everything. And so knowing where you're at is, is hard. And yes, saying it's an early first in um, September before the game's played I mean, I got a team that's rebuilding that, yeah, I can tell you it's going to be a early first. It's I, I don't I don't remember who my team is, but I, I'm pretty sure I barely even have a starting squad. But um, I think I had Chris Olave on that team too. Um, but, yeah, if you can get Marvin Harrison Jr., then, yeah, I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. over Chris Olave, period. But I like I, I'm assuming they're late first, and I'm just not going to take two – Random 24 first for, um, you know, like if you look at this year, you would have got like, we'll say um, Will Levis and and Dalton Kincaid for Chris Lave. I'm taking him, you know, or De- Devon A-Chain and Kendry Miller, Zach Charbonnet. Right, but we've talked about this before. The value of that pick is way higher than the value of the player associated with that pick. So those two 24 first, you don't take and wait until the, the clock is on and say, okay, hey, here, here's that first. You could go get Dalton Kincaid here, right? It's You need to sell them days or the day of or the day before the draft when they are at their absolute peak, right? But I totally, I totally get it. Of course, we're not dogging Chris Olave either. Before anybody gets all upset about this, both of us love him. Top ten dynasty wide receiver. It's just, you know, we kind of tie. You can kind of tie this to the the age cliff conversation we had. When is the right time to sell these players? Do you sell these players at their peak value? Do you wait until the age cliff and then try to sell them? And it all, you know, you're. Everybody's team's in a different place. Everybody's strategy's a little bit different, but making you aware of what the value is for some of these players may sway your mindset a little bit. So I'll say this: like for this year was Bijan Robinson, and if you gave me two firsts and Damian Pierce and Pacheco, I wouldn't have given you the one hundred and one for Bijan. I just it's, it's I'm assuming these are at least these are late, or at least one of them's one of them's late. And so if I have Harrison Jr. or Caleb Williams in a superflex. You're gonna to need to open up the checkbook a lot, a lot wider, <laughs> if I'm gonna even consider it. And so, again, yes, if if these firsts are, are too early first compared to too late, there's a massive difference. Um, and if it's a mid first and a late first, you're you're getting a lot closer. 
Um, and I like this class coming up. I mean, you saw Keon, my boy Keon Coleman looking really freaking good. Uh, a lot of players look good this weekend. Um, and so I am excited about this 24 class. I actually got a mock draft out on the 24 class. But uh, again, I'm, I'm just I'm assuming those are too late first. And unless they're two mids or two earlies, I'm taking Olave. All right, I got two more. I want to. We'll go through them a little a little quick because I know we're we're getting towards the end of the show here. So I want to go to the running back position, and I'm going a lot lower down the draft board here. So we talked Chris Olave, top ten dynasty wide receiver in most people's mind. Now I'm going to go to like that twenty to thirty range in the wide receiver or the the running back space, and say David Montgomery. Newly acquired running back for the Detroit Lions. So there's all kinds of narratives out there. There's narrative. Jameer Gibbs is the second coming of God playing every position on the field. There are rumors out there about David Montgomery being the primary running back. So what do we decipher? What do we know about Dan Campbell? And where is your head at with David Montgomery before we get into some of these trades? So... I think both those things can be true. And so you're talking about a team that doesn't really have anything in the receiving game outside of Amon Ross St. Brown. You're looking at a team that scored 30 plus points a game last year. You're also looking at a team that is modeling themselves after the new Orleans saints back when Dan Campbell was there, when they had Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, who were both RB1s at the same time, multiple years of RB1, RB2 finishes. So I think it lowers the upside for both. Jameer Gibbs being the number one overall running back is very far-fetched. But Jameer Gibbs being a top 10 running back and David Montgomery being a top 20 running back, I think is very likely, especially with the fact that they don't have a clear-cut second receiver. And, you know, Laporta's good. He's still rookie tight end. I don't think he's going to demand as, you know, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not going to demand to be a big part of the offense. You got a Monroe St. Brown and then everybody else. So I think you see a lot. Like you're going to see tomorrow. I would, I would say that they both are on the field quite a bit. Like it's not going to be a situation where David Montgomery's on the sideline, Gibbs is on, Gibbs on the field and then switch out. They both could play 70 to 80% of the snaps and be on the field at the same time, like you saw with Kamara and Ingram, other running backs. I mean, there's been multiple systems like this, Chubb and, and Hunt. Um, you know, there's that's what I see. I think that um, I think uh, you know a thousand yards and and ten to twelve touchdowns is in the in the cards for Montgomery, and he's he's still pretty young. Like I think he's a, a I have him as my R, like an RB three in a lot of my teams, and I really like him in that role. I mean, he's a bot. Everything that you said could be true, can be true. I believe is true. I would not be shocked if he's a thousand yard rusher, 10 to 12 touchdowns, the exact same thing. And when I can get a guy like that for Nico Collins and Gerald Everett, what, what are we doing here, people? If I can move David Montgomery, or if I can move Elijah Moore and get David Montgomery, might I might do that even as a Browns fan I might I might be okay with that right so he, he's very affordable right now and I'm not gonna sit here and say 
that he's going to give us a 17 touchdown season like Jamal Williams did. That's an outlier season. It is not fair for anybody to turn around and say David Montgomery steps into that exact role and scores 17 touchdowns because he's a better running back than Jamal Williams. I won't disagree with that. I do believe he's a better running back than Jamal Williams. There were a lot of factors that went into that that I just don't know are the same thing. But what I do believe is exactly what you said. Both of them are going to be on the field at the same time. I I think Dan Campbell's kind of alluded to that. He hasn't come out and said that. But when he talks about Jameer Gibbs doing things that people aren't going to be ready for, and he, he can line up all over, and he's our best deep threat, all of these things beg the question a couple things. One, well, how's he going to do that, and who's going to play the running back position? right? If he's your primary deep threat, well, who's who's standing behind the quarterback? It's going to be David Montgomery, both of them on the field. Or it could mean, and I'm not advocating this, but I heard somebody talk about it today, is he positionless now? Like, he's not good enough to have a run. He is our running back. Or he is a slot. He's our wide receiver. He Well, he's positionless. We could play him everywhere like that typically hasn't panned out when coaches say that, right? So that's the other narrative or the other side of the equation that I was very shocked to hear on some podcasts earlier this week that I listened to. Uh, So those are out there. Those takes are out there. So uh, I think feeding on the David Montgomery and some of those takes that are out there around Jameer Gibbs, it's a win-win situation right now. Because what if Jameer Gibbs, knock on wood, what if he goes down? David Montgomery starts to get some of that receiving work that he, we know he can do. He's kept, he's caught the ball in the past. So there's no reason he can't do both. So I, I just think it's a win-win. You get a guy that you can plug into your lineup every week, and there is some significant upside from an injury perspective if if that is in the cards. So Yeah, I, I like him a lot. So, to Jamie, I'm actually going to show you the Immaculate game. I thought about adding it to the show, and we're going to test Brad's knowledge. And I was lucky enough to pull a Browns card. Uh-oh. And so, Brad, you have to connect the, you know, connect the Y and X access. So give me a player that was on the Chargers and Seattle or Chargers and Browns or Chargers and what is this? 10 plus sacks. Uh, so, so I don't know if he's still on the Chargers, but Travis Benjamin used to play for the Browns, was on the roster for uh, the Chargers for a few. That can't be right. That can't be right. Yes, I think that is right. And if I could spell it, might still be. on the 2023 roster. That can't. No, be no, right. no. It's in the if all time. Oh, all right. And all so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one for you. I'm gonna go Sean Merriman. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go Sean Merriman over here. I just couldn't spell his name. And so give me give me a guy. Oh, I, I know this one. Seattle and Chargers. If you can't guess it, I know the answer. Seattle and the Chargers. Seattle and Chargers. Ja- Jamie, if you're still here, help us out. Um, let's see. You're connecting the Browns no and the Cowboys no. and Browns and Jazz. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. I'm going Gerald Everett. That's a good one. I was going to go with the Wosu. No, yeah. I just feel like most people are going to lean on the offensive side of the ball if they can. 
Oh, for I think sure. more I people can't. are going to choose those answers. Apparently, I can't spell either of these guys' names. Gerald. It's so, it's so small. Whatever, it's not available. No, maybe you're spelling it wrong. No, I put Gerald. Is there? Yeah. A, I mean, he's got to be an option. That's that's nonsense. Yeah, Gerald. I mean, I. I oh. Owusu. E-V-E-R-E-T-T. E-V-E-R-E-T-T. That's what I put. He's not available. Oh, geez. Uh, so there's a pass rusher, Owosu. Yeah, Nikina. Is that his name? No. Nuosu. I don't know. Yeah, it's what? like Ukenna. U-C-H-E-N-N-A, I believe. Owusu. Um, we'll, we'll just pass on no, that one. No, it's N. What is it? N W O S U. Yukena Nuosu. I don't maybe that's not how you say yeah, his name. Gerald Everett is the answer there. That's ridiculous. All right. So Seattle and Jaguars or Browns and Jaguars. Who you got? Uh, Browns and Jaguars was the I got Amari um, Cooper down here. Safety that um had a great season for Cleveland and then went on a big free agency deal with Jacksonville. Harrison. No, um, no, it wasn't this year. It was a couple years ago. Um, gosh, dang it. What was his name? Um, Cowboy uh, with 10 plus sacks. Charles oh, Haley. On. Micah Parsons. I'm going a little old school. Yeah. Is that wrong? Yes, is left apparently. Um, safety. Micah Parsons made for Browns and Jaguars. What the hell was his name? Uh, to Sean Gibson. Oh yeah, Gibson. G I P S O N. Yep, yep, yep. All right. This nine percent. Is Jamie helping us out? Oh, Vinny Testaverde Jackson for the Browns. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Um, all right, so Jaguar with 10 plus sacks. That's gonna be hard. Josh uh, Allen. Did Josh Allen end up with 10? Oh, that's a good one. Josh Allen. If I pick the right one. Josh Allen, the linebacker. Uh nailed it. All right, Ooh. Seattle and Jaguars. That's a tough one. Seattle and Jaguars. Seattle. And so, and then Cowboys and Seattle. Um, Jamal Adams tried. Did Bledsoe play for both of them? No, not Bledsoe. Um, who's Hasselbeck? the quarterback? Hasselbeck? No. No, never mind. I was thinking Brunel, and he didn't. Never mind. We only have one guest left. Um, Seattle and Jags. Seattle and somebody help us out. Dearness Johnson. Sorry, driving. Oh, yeah. Dearness Johnson with Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Right now. Seattle and Jags. I can't even. All right, just do it. Let's see what we got. Yeah. 
Uh, let's just just show us. Just guess somebody. Yeah, you got to uh, guess. I guess you have to have a guess. Um, Jake Plummer. <laughs> nice. All right, we got a one eighty nine rarity five. Um, 189 rarity ranking. We could tweet that out. So, um, a nice fun thing to That's do funny. when you're watching the games, Carlos Hyde. I think that might be a good no, one. No, that was Browns in Jacksonville, too. Carlos Hyde wasn't on the Cowboys. Nah, no. Well, all so. right. Well, as always, yeah. I appreciate everybody for hanging out. We were, tr- I was trying to find a way to sneak in some of these beautiful sounds over here. Drop off. What happened? Did your, your balls drop off? We didn't get that one in. Let me be your hero. Oh, Let me geez. be your hero. <laughs> what else? Be this your one? hero, baby. Ah, they were not doing that one. Sorry, Emerson. All right. I'm going to put on some Nelly. Kids, kids out of the bedroom. Uh, everybody, have a great rest of the week. We got football. It's here. Join the Patreon. Patreon. Make sure you guys get exclusive perks, contest, download the app. And as always, hit that subscribe button. And good luck this season. Cheers. Thanks, Jamie.